Coming up on 5-Minute News. Jury finds Trump liable for sexual abuse with costs of $5 million. New York Congressman George Santos charged by federal prosecutors. And Biden and McCarthy divided over debt ceiling in first talks. It's Wednesday, May 10. I'm Anthony Davis. A jury found Donald Trump liable on Tuesday for sexually abusing advice columnist E. Jean Carroll in 1996, awarding her $5 million in a judgment that could haunt the former president as he campaigns to retake the White House. The verdict was split. Jurors rejected Carroll's claim that she was raped, finding Trump responsible for a lesser degree of sexual abuse. The judgment adds to Trump's legal woes and offers vindication to Carroll, whose allegations had been mocked and dismissed by Trump for years. She nodded as the verdict was announced in a New York City federal courtroom only three hours after deliberations had begun, then hugged supporters and smiled through tears. Jurors also found Trump liable for defaming Carroll over her allegations. Trump did not attend the civil trial and was absent when the verdict was read. Trump immediately lashed out on his social media site, claiming he does not know Carroll and referring to the verdict as a disgrace and a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. He promised to appeal. Trump's lawyer, Joseph Takapina, shook hands with Carol and hugged her lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, after the verdict was announced. Outside the courthouse, he told reporters, the jury's rejection of the rape claim while finding Trump responsible for sexual abuse was perplexing and strange. In a written statement, Kaplan said the verdict proves nobody is above the law, not even the President of the United States. Carol, in her own statement, said she sued Trump to clear my name and to get my life back. Today, the world finally knows the truth. This victory is not just for me, but for every woman who has suffered because she was not believed. U.S. Representative George Santos, who faced outrage and mockery over a litany of lies about his heritage, education and professional pedigree, has been charged with federal criminal offences. The charges against Santos filed in the Eastern District of New York remain under seal. Santos is expected to turn himself into authorities at the federal court in Brooklyn as soon as this morning. There, he will likely make an initial appearance at an arraignment where the specific charges against him are expected to be released. The news of the indictment appears to have come as a surprise to Santos, who was informed about the charges on Tuesday, hours before they were widely reported. For months, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York and the FBI have been pursuing several lines of inquiry over Santos's federal campaign filings as part of a criminal investigation into whether he lawfully used funds for non-election-related purposes. Santos has resisted calls to resign and recently announced he was running for re-election. He said his lies about his life story, which included telling people he had jobs at several global financial firms and a lavish real estate portfolio, were harmless embellishments of his resume. Pressure on him to quit, though, has been intense. Reporters and members of the public hounded him. He was mocked on social media and late-night television. Fellow New York Republicans demanded he resign, saying he had betrayed voters and his own party with his lies. 
President Joe Biden and top lawmakers agreed on Tuesday to further talks aimed at breaking a deadlock over raising the $31.4 trillion US debt limit, with just three weeks before the country may be forced into an unprecedented default. After about an hour of talks in the Oval Office, Biden and House of Representatives Speaker Kevin McCarthy committed their aides to daily discussions about areas of possible agreement as a default looms as soon as June 1st. Biden called the talks productive and appeared to offer Republicans some possible compromises, including taking a hard look for the first time at clawing back unspent coronavirus relief funds to reduce government spending. But he repeated that Republicans must take the threat of default off the table, and he did not rule out eventually invoking the 14th Amendment to the US Constitution, an untested approach that would seek to declare the debt limit unconstitutional. Doing so would require litigation, he said, but it is an option he may study in the future. Biden is calling on lawmakers to raise the federal government's self-imposed borrowing limit without conditions, as all previous Congresses have done before, including three times during the Donald Trump presidency. McCarthy, whose Republican Party has a slim majority in the House, has said his chamber will not approve any deal that doesn't dramatically cut spending to address a growing budget deficit, and signalled he doesn't see a short-term fix. Past debt ceiling fights have typically ended with a hastily arranged agreement in the final hours of negotiation, thus avoiding a default. In 2011, the scramble prompted an historic downgrade of the country's top-notch credit rating. Veterans of that battle warn the current situation is riskier because political division has widened. You can subscribe to the 5-Minute News Patreon for bonus videos, commentary and more. Go to patreon.com slash 5-Minute News. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.